Welcome to the Starting Line Church Sermons Podcast. Here at Starting Line Church, we are all about helping people embrace that there is more to life through Jesus. This sermon was first given at Starting Line Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey everybody, welcome to Starting Line Church. We're so glad that you have joined us today as we get to continue our series called Encounters, which is all about the life and the ministry of Jesus. This is gonna take us all the way uh, through the entire summer and over the course of 10 weeks, we're gonna look at 10 powerful encounters that Jesus had with people in the Bible. We see so many stories and so many uh, moments where people met Jesus and um, in this unexpected way and they walked away transformed and changed with a whole new perspective. Most times their world was completely turned upside down because that's what Jesus does in our lives. So we believe that it's important to study the life of Christ um, and how he interacted with people because he's our model. He is our way of life for how we are called to live. As we begin, um, I want you to think about what it's like when you're trying to avoid something. Have you ever done all you could to avoid going somewhere, doing something, or maybe even seeing someone? What was it like? When we want to avoid something, we do everything in our power that we can that we don't have to come in contact with it. We want to ignore it. We don't want to be anywhere near it. We want to avoid it. Some examples, if if I'm driving somewhere and I don't wanna run into all kinds of traffic on the road, I'm gonna take into consideration how crowded certain roads, certain highways are going to be at that specific time. If I'm going out to dinner and I want to avoid uh, waiting a long time, I might figure out a time where there won't be as many people so I don't have to wait as long for a table. If I'm sick, I'm gonna avoid close contact with people so I don't get them sick. Sometimes I avoid running errands with my husband because I know he's going to drag me to Home Depot. It's just what's going to happen. If I had a chance to go, I'm a big Guardians fan, if I had a chance to go to Yankee Stadium in New York, I would avoid it at all costs because I do not want to go there. Right? When we, want to, when we avoid something, we want to stay away from it. Jesus, in this moment, He's in Judea doing ministry. He's baptizing many people, and there were many people who who were committing themselves to following Jesus with their lives. And even though from our perspective, this was a really great thing. There, There was a specific group of people called the Pharisees who didn't like it. They were the religious leaders of the day and and were in charge of the law. And they played a big role in the life and stories of Jesus because they caused a lot of issues, to say the least. So when Jesus learned that the Pharisees were hearing about all that he was doing, he fled and he left the area because he didn't want them, want to run into any conflict um, that could lead to a premature end to his ministry. He had so much more to do. He had so much many more things to do before his death on the cross. And he didn't want to give the Pharisees any reason to prohibit him from doing what he was doing. So he leaves Judea, he heads to Galilee, Um, he he goes there, and if we look at it on a map, we would see that Judea and Galilee, they're not super close together. And it says in John 4, 4, it says that Jesus, he had to go through Samaria on the way to Galilee. And looking at a map, that would seem to make sense. This was the route that was normally taken when going from Judea to Galilee, but What we know is that there was another option that was really common as well. It involved crossing the Jordan River near Jericho, which would go around Samaria completely and avoid the area. 
And even though this route took a lot longer, it was much longer to go this way, it was actually common, more common for Jews to go that way because they wanted to do everything they could to avoid Samaria. They would journey for multiple more days just because they didn't want to go to Samaria, they didn't want to interact with Samaritans, and they didn't want to step foot near their land. See, the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans was rocky, to sum it up briefly. Things weren't cordial uh, because of the deep roots of hatred that went far back into history. So because of the many things that happened over the years, there, were, there was a lot of tension, there was a lot of problems, and they just didn't associate at all. But in John chapter 4, it says that Jesus has to go through Samaria. It wasn't an option. It wasn't being avoided this time. Jesus and his disciples were committed to going through it. So he, and as he and his disciples approached Samaria, they reached a town called Sakar. And it was there that they stopped at a well of water. That's where we pick up uh, reading in John chapter 4, verse 6. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? So we immediately see that this woman is completely thrown off by Jesus addressing her like this. Not only is she a Samaritan and Jesus is a Jew, but she's a woman and he is a man. And in this day and age, women were treated very poorly. They were regarded as second-class citizens. And because of this, it wasn't custom or normal to address women in public settings. But what we learn in the Gospels and in the stories of Jesus is that his regard for women was so much different than society's, and he actually recognized them as equal human beings, which not a lot of people did. So he does it in so many stories, but we specifically see it here, and we see that she's totally caught off guard because of it, because she's so not used to it. So let's keep reading. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God, the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. So Jesus is using the water in the well as a physical representation of a spiritual reality. This woman initially thinks that Jesus is talking about actual fresh and clean water that's going to come up from the springs. But Christ is using living water in a more metaphorical sense to point the woman to himself. Jesus is known and referred to as the living water. 
It's water that will refresh us so that we will never go thirsty again. It's not a thirst for natural H2O water, but for living water and eternal life through Jesus. And so Jesus is explaining this kind of water that's not actually water, but it's a metaphor for water to this woman. And she's like, oh my gosh, like I need this water. How, how can I get it? Let's read Jesus's response in verse 16. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five and you aren't married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Okay, so like, can you imagine for a second, like this woman's confusion in this moment? Like, whoa, buddy, like, how do you know all that? Who is this bro? Where did he come from? I'm just trying to get water and avoid conflict, avoid everyone in the process. And he's all up in my business. We know that this woman, she came to the well alone, which is very unusual. Women were more likely to come in groups at one time. Uh, They were also more likely to come get water earlier in the day or later in the day because the heat of the sun was not as fierce or intense. So with knowing all of this, knowing the time that she arrived, we know that in the middle of the day, no one would have been there. And with going by herself, we can assume that she didn't want to run into anybody. She was avoiding contact with all other other women. And and yet Jesus, in his divine intentionality, sought to meet this woman at this specific place, at this specific time. Not to condemn her. Not to make her feel bad about herself. But to tell her there was a better way. And to see her like nobody had ever seen her before. And what we read, we learned that this woman had been married five times. She's currently living with the man who's not her husband. And because of the shame she felt for both of these circumstances, she was avoiding any interaction with people. So she shares all this information. But Jesus, like he communicated that he knew it before he said anything, before she said anything. Right When he tells her to go and get her husband, he knew what the answer was going to be. He knew what she was going to say. As God in the flesh, Jesus has this knowledge of who she is and has the authority to point out sin in her life. Now, we don't know the the full detailed description of the rest of this woman's life and her journey with Jesus, but we do know her initial response. Where she could have gotten bent out of shape. She doesn't get upset. She doesn't get offended. She doesn't throw a fit or stop talking to Jesus because she was called out. We actually learn later in the story That she's so impacted by who Jesus is that she runs into the town and brings the whole town back to meet him. Because the reality is like, why does this part of the story, you know, like this seems random. Like, I'm not really sure what this has to do with anything. Because in a weird way, yes, this is a little weird and uncomfortable that this guy like knew all these things about her, was sharing all these things about her. But in another way, I would say she probably had never felt so seen. So known and so loved than she did in this moment. How do you know all that about me? Because I see you and I know you and I love you. So in an effort to get away from people and hide, she actually was more noticed than ever before because Jesus saw her heart. 
In the same way, Jesus, he sees our heart. He doesn't just observe what's on the outside. He doesn't just look at someone's actions or the actual words or how someone is perceived by other people. Jesus looks internally at the heart. He knows our thoughts. He knows our decisions. He knows our fears. He sees the very depths of our soul. So we might think we're really good at hiding from other people like this woman, but we can't fake it with God. He knows it all. He sees it all. And that's what we see in this story. Jesus saw the hurt in this woman's life. He saw the sin in her life. He saw the brokenness she was drowning in. He doesn't condemn her for it. He doesn't make her feel bad or she's the worst person alive. He doesn't look at her differently because of it. He doesn't even view her or label her like society did or because of what she has done. He saw it all and he named her sin and then he gives her a better way. I have living water for you. He says, the reality is in our life, when we're trying to hide, Jesus pursues us. When we are trying to run away, Jesus never leaves us. When we're trying to keep our sin inside, Jesus convicts us of it. When we're feeling shame, Jesus reminds us of his grace because he sees people for who they are. He sees our heart. I don't want us to miss this beautiful image that Jesus creates for us here. Think about it. Jews were supposed to avoid Samaritans and Jesus didn't do that. He broke all of these tensions. Men were supposed to avoid women in public and Jesus says, yeah, we're not doing that and gives her value like never before. This woman was trying to avoid interacting with others and Jesus met her there anyway and didn't let her hide. So in this series of events where avoiding people would have been normal or natural or even comfortable, Jesus says, we're not doing that. We're not avoiding community. We're not avoiding our sin. We're not avoiding each other because of silly tension that's going on. We're not avoiding challenges. Jesus looks at us and says, stop hiding. Stop running. I see your heart. I want your heart. I love your heart. Bring your true and real heart to me because I see it anyway. And I will give you living water to help you never run dry. The thing about these encounters that people had with Jesus is that they're so real and authentic that they can't hide from who Jesus is. And it's the same for us. So my question for us as we go and as we leave here is, how am I avoiding Jesus? Why am I doing it? What am I doing to avoid him? And how can I lean into him more? as he gives me living water, as he gives me all that I need, and he gives me a better way. Let's pray. Jesus, we acknowledge that in this, you see the very depths of our heart. God, we confess the times that we try to avoid your voice, your plan, your direction. We confess when we ignore you, we ignore the presence, your presence in our lives. Jesus, give us strength to run to you, to not hide, but to lean in. Give us courage to stop running, stop hiding, stop avoiding. Give us your grace in that. And let us be encouraged that you see our heart. Give us courage to bring our true and authentic heart to you just as we are. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.
Amen. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Starting Line Church or to help support our ministry here, check us out at www.startingline.church.